0: Welcome to Average Joe's podcast. I'm Zygmunt Maloney, and I'm here in Chicago. It's
1: kind of chilly now, and I am Mary Romanelli, and I am in Winchester, Virginia. It's kind of nice, good, and uh, so this is our
0: Halloween podcast, but it's not Halloween themed. We're just recording on this day, so right, Halloween special. We're talking about uh, some of the event- events that happened this past weekend. We'll get through that, but we'll also talk about. Some shot clock in- issues and border boundaries and shot clock management or game clock yes. management. All that yes. stuff. All that fun stuff. Um, Mario, do you want to launch into the Maryland Dodgeball Invitational?
1: Yeah, uh, I'll get right into that. Um, some great matches. I uh, showed up a little late because <laughs> I had to drive up to Virginia Um there were four teams there. I think there was Maryland, Stevenson, Towson, BCU, and uh, Penn State, I think, was supposed to be the fifth team. Couldn't make it. They had a few car accidents on the way. Yeah, we were um, told everyone's okay. So yeah, everyone's good. great. I think they, they hit a few deers, is what the issue was, uh, from what I was told. But yeah, guess if, you, if you're driving on the road, just be careful. These trips yeah, so far.
0: We, we Felix just put a article up of how much we drive in the NCDA um, a couple of articles back if you want to take a look. But it is astounding that we have so many miles driven and um, we're lucky to have so few accidents. So mm. keep, keep safe
1: on the road. Don't take chances. Yes. Hopefully there'll be a way where maybe we can get like a sponsor for the NCDA for like a gasoline company. <laughs> I don't know, like ExxonMobil or somebody can like... Yeah, some kind of us. road trip company. Yeah. Um, but okay, uh, going into those matches, I have uh, Ziggy was so kind to give me all the list of results right here. Uh, so, Maryland over Stevenson was the first one. It was uh, 5-1 in favor of Maryland. Um, I showed up right at sometime during the second half of that game. And from what I was told, uh, it was... It, this is brings me into the game clock management um, apparently it was 1-1 uh, marilyn stevenson before halftime and when they started the third point the game clock didn't start right away mm. and and so i think after what i was told it was about a minute or two so both teams just agreed okay we'll just take off a minute you know off the whatever time was on there because the clock would not start right away uh, well marilyn ended up winning that point with about Twenty seconds left. All right. So, yeah. So, who knows if there was actually a minute or less, or if there was maybe like two, three minutes? You know, because when you are playing dodgeball, you lose track of time. No one knows for sure. So that that could be a huge issue if if the twenty seconds wasn't supposed to be there. You are looking at a whole. You are looking at a one one yeah. game at halftime. It's definitely
0: uh, an officiating lapse. Mm-hmm. So you gotta have you gotta be as an official. You gotta keep the clock on. When I, yeah. when I have like a four-man crew, I usually, if I'm a head ref, I'll have my A ref do the clock, and he'll just handle clock stuff, and then I'll handle the rest of the stuff. So I don't know. It's like a division of responsibility.
1: Yeah. I, I, it's, it's a shame,
0: and it's like it, it should never happen like that, even if it was 20 seconds because
1: <laughs>
0: it should really never happen because the refs are put there to do the job correctly. So <laughs> it's a shame, but sometimes it happens.
1: It, yeah and you know it does suck especially when you don't think about it most games aren't really decided within those last 20 seconds um, yeah definitely uh but i always i always like to think that there are so many teams that are on a buy or even if there's just one team on a buy there are a lot of people watching a game if you could just have one person just press the on and off button <laughs> yeah no it's, know, it's it's easy.
0: it's just on whistle and off whistle yep um uh,
1: so a, a little issue there. Um, then from what I saw from the second half, of Maryland Stevenson was just more defeated, and Maryland, was just – a uh, they just kept momentum going. Um, a couple um, stepping over the line for some Stevenson players. So that's something I guess you know to inform people about. But this brings me to my next question, Ziggy. Um, from what I know from Elite Dodgeball and what I thought I knew back when I used to play NCDA all the time for the Paul, um, if you step on the line, is that considered an out or do you have to have part of your foot over that line? You have, that's considered an out on the attack line. On the attack line.
0: Yeah. But it's, if, a, it's but explicitly it, written on the attack line. Um, but it's different in the Elite, definitely, because you have to step over it, I think. You have to mm-hmm. visibly step over it. Um, in Mm -hmm. elite to be out but in in the ncda we just we i think it was like 2012 2013 we just defined it as don't touch the line at
1: all because it's
0: easier to see
1: now is that the same is that only for the attack line or is that the same for the back line and the sidelines um so let's say if you have one foot on the line and then that's it you have nothing over (laughs) on the back line are you considered still in because of our status as uh
0: the one point of contact rule i think we're a little bit more lax on other boundaries but we're not lax on the attack line which is a no touchy boundary can't can't touch that can't go past it um and touch the floor beyond it i mean obviously you could reach over with a dodgeball um and and try to you know get a ball over there and you could do that but you can't touch past it so i think it's either way i could I could end up recording it as uh or change the ruling, and I don't mm-hmm. think it would change much because it's only three inches mm-hmm. but the thing it. the thing about that is not all lines are the same width it's like if you then we would have to define like the tape that you use for the attack line as being specifically three inches wide because that's how the paint is on, around the boundaries of the court mm-hmm. so yeah that's-
1: it's, I was just agree, yeah, that's another concern because if you have a team using very thick paint or like yeah. their thick paint, just like um so uh for a good example is m
0: s u at um their main court in i m west has a big green solid line that they count, which really shouldn't count because a basketball court with line is three inches, but they count about eight inches because that's
1: how wide the green is. Oh yeah, I actually I do remember that on their main court. Yeah,
0: and it could be like from outside green to the you know, outside of the sideline to the other outside of the sideline, that's actually fifty feet and that's what they say. But um, you know, our courts are loosely defined as in a recommended NCAA court, but it could go either way. Like DePaul's a lot smaller mm-hmm. but has the same, you know, the regular three three inch <laughs> line. So yeah. it's like it's a game of inches, and I don't really think it's um it doesn't matter that much on the back end, but it does matter when you're across the attack line. Yes, because you're you're attack you're th- I guess you're throwing. You could rationalize it many different ways, but I would say you're throwing and getting extra distance on that throw. Whereas if you're in the other one, you're just dodging, and if you fall out of bounds, yes, you should be called out. But if you're if you if you slip like a tiny bit on the line, and do we count that line? I don't think that's fair for the player mm-hmm. when we have that that loose rule, loose contact, mm-hmm. loose boundaries.
1: Yeah, because that that's another thing. While elite may give you that on the line call, NCDA allows you where you can only need that one point of contact inbounds. Yeah, so which I think it's, it's safer and fairer. I I agree with that. I think it's a lot it's, safer because that extra distance of just leaning back or you know behind the line um, can really make a difference
0: yeah or if you, i don't know i it's whatever people people argue in different ways so um how do you think stevenson played out of all their events events this weekend i'm i'm
1: curious i thought they played um like not not saying anything bad, but like an unexperienced team. They're still a new team. They're young. Um, I sure. think what they need to improve a lot with is to not throw easily catchable balls Is <laughs> they sure. threw a lot of balls right at people's chest. Um, and I think if they can make smarter throws, you know, keeping it low, it would be a lot easier, a lot better for them. Uh, but you can tell, I feel like they have a lot of talent and a lot of, um, unexperienced like newcomers, um yeah from what I was told, they have a good like five top players, and i from when I went there and saw they do, they do have a good five solid like top players that ca- i don 't want to say carry the team but um are making or making more plays that show that they're experienced sure, while uh, a lot of other players are just you know they just throw <laughs> and not always in the right spot, not always you know. Obviously, like you know, you don't want to if you have a lot of balls on one side of the court and like only one ball on one side of the court, you kind of don't want that one guy by himself on the side throwing. You rather have him with multiple people on the other side. So if he throws, you have blockers, you have other balls there to protect him. Um, Yeah, definitely. Um, It was great. I thought the Stevenson players very good. uh, Had a very good morale going through the tournament. You know, they they didn't give up in uh, any situation. Which, which is Even good. If, uh, I, we, we come from DePaul, so it's just like. One thing I remember we were good at is we always played a wide range of teams from Michigan teams, Kentucky teams, Ohio teams. Yep. Uh, but it was. We always had fun with it. And that's how I kind of thought of Stevenson. It was like DePaul, but in a competitive way. So if DePaul went out there saying, like, we're going full front, you know, trying to win. Yeah,
0: at the start. Whereas that's... DePaul doesn't usually do that. At the start, sometimes, most of the time
1: they don't do it. I mean, sometimes they actually get mad. (laughs) Yeah, it'll be for the first point. You know, the poll will go out there hard for the first point, but you know, as the game, as the match goes on, you realize, you know, this is just dodgeball. This is not anything more. This is not a a serious, like you know, uh, league where there's like you know, a Super Bowl or prizes or money involved. It's you know, we're going out there, we're having fun. Um, obviously, like when nationals come around, like that's you know the big tournament, so that's everyone's yeah. attitude is a little different then. But,
0: um, so, and then one other question because people have been talking about it: um, mm-hmm. How has Maryland improved?
1: I uh, I shot clock the uh, Maryland uh, VCU game, and I think Maryland did. Uh, my I can't say from in previous experiences, but I think Maryland did a good job of staying with it of making smart decisions, not getting like, not getting overhead, overhead of yourself. Um, sure. there were moments where, uh, they would be up, but they kind of like knew, like, let's stick to our game plan. Don't like do anything stupid. Like, just cause we're, you know, they're, they have five people on a 10 clock, you know, doesn't mean we can just keep throwing balls away. You know, they, they still played very well as a team. They covered each other. Um, they also made a great comeback when, sure. uh, they were down, I think they had four people left, and I think VCU might have had seven or something like that. I can't remember the exact numbers, but I remember Maryland coming back and being able to to nod it at two two. And I think that's what I think that's when it went to overtime. And uh, VCU just got off to the very strong start in the overtime and they ended up just finishing it. But Maryland also did a good job of Throwing before the shot clock got too late, and I kind of like that because when I was shot clocking them, whenever I got to like eight and nine, because they like to count up, uh, they would get rid of the ball. They didn't like uh, have like a who's throwing kind of situation. It was like when we have to throw, like Ryan, you throw or something like that. You know, like they had the person they needed to throw, and someone to cover him. So
0: that's good. That's that's the better strategy of it. It's just not um, because you can't waste seconds trying to. Mm -hmm. Micromanage that, because okay. a second is very short in reality. It's
1: one, two, three, sure. four. So, mm-hmm. and uh, but overall, I think uh, I think that was probably the best game I saw. There was VCU Maryland. I thought both teams were playing very well. Uh, catches by both teams, big kills. Um, that was, I think, the most enjoyable, exciting match. Awesome uh, of the day. Um, any other games you? you want to give a shout-out to, or any of
0: specific players, I guess, that you
1: saw? Uh, Mike Henley, I think, Heinley Henley, the captain for Towson. He played a great game. Uh, I saw him a little bit in the Towson-VCU game, and when Towson played Stevenson, he was an excellent player. He was always up front of the line. He was making catches, making kills, just doing a hell of a job overall. And he also refed a lot of games when his team was sitting out, so... Props to that.
0: <laughs> um, all right. So, I mean, aside from those matches in uh, Maryland, and uh, we had uh, UK hosting Miami. Two wins there, 5-1 and a 5-0 mm-hmm. for UK. Double header? Double header. We actually had three double headers this weekend, technically. Um, we had Saginaw hosting Grand Valley in the 2016 Battle of the Valleys, which is always my favorite tournament to look at because it has a cool name. It's been going on forever. Whenever Saginaw plays Grand Valley, it's always a Saginaw has a good chance to win against Grand Valley because of their I guess mindset against it. So I like seeing those matches match results. And it was actually one was overtime with a Saginaw win in overtime. And then the next one was a Grand Valley win in regulation. So hmm. it was uh, some exciting matches. We had some point duration data, which is always fun.
1: They uh, they split double header, which is always exciting. Yeah, um, splitting you... a double header is exciting. because everybody gets a win,
0: everybody gets a loss. I guess <laughs> <laughs> everyone gets well, a, win well, a loss. That's true. <laughs> well, let's go through the the Saginaw match because we had or the Saginaw win match on Not because we have the point results. So about sixteen minutes left. Uh, Grand Valley scores a point and then right before the half expires at about one minute forty three seconds, Grand Valley gets a point. So right now it's up two oh Grand Valley going into the halftime. Saginaw comes back with two points to tie it up and then wins it in overtime.
1: Hmm.
0: That's pretty that's pretty cool. And that's just based on the point duration data. I wasn't even there and I didn't see the live video, which they I think we had a Facebook live video for it, but
1: which is always interesting to see, because, um, especially uh, the point right before the end of the first half. Um, is because whenever uh, you just see the final score, you're like, oh, if it's you know a 3-2 game, you're probably thinking, okay, that was pretty maybe back and forth. But then yeah. it really wasn't. I mean, you had Grand Valley winning in the first half and Saginaw Valley winning the second half. And that's why you went overtime. There was no, you know, yeah. one team was dominant in one half, one team dominant in the other half.
0: A 2-0 deficit is is definitely hard to come back in the NCAA. Not mm-hmm. once or multiple, but because it is occasionally. But I don't know. It's to come back tough. To overtime, uh, it's probably a good,
1: pretty good pretty
0: good game to watch. Well,
1: play in. There, there was a rule proposed by Felix that uh, to make the first of three wins or the 60 minutes or whatever, um, 50 yeah, we've minutes. have done that many times. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess not enough people agree. I mean, because let's say Grand Valley was up 3 nothing in the first half. I mean, Saginaw Valley still probably could have came back. I think that's what the championship game a few years ago was. I think Grand Valley had a 3-0 lead at halftime, and Saginaw Valley made it 3-2 with like three minutes left. They just ran out of time. Yeah, so they, couldn't, it, they couldn't finish it off.
0: Yeah, no, um, it's different. It's uh, the whole best of set series is is a weird thing, and um, I um, I'm definitely open always to discussing it because it'd be pretty cool. That's actually what we used in the six v six recruitment tournament that we had at Wisconsin Plantville. It
1: was best on three. Yeah, uh, I actually spoke with a uh, experienced dodgeballer, Tim Wells. He's uh, going to Towson now. He's a grad student at Towson. For those of you who do not know who Tim Wells is, uh, he used to be captain in charge of the RIT Tigers. Um, they were an NCAA team for a brief while. They just couldn't get enough players, which is tough for yeah. new teams to get players. They're also really far up there in Rochester, New York. So yes. It was not a, a lot of teams out there. Yeah, the tough commute also makes it harder to keep players. Uh, they played in elite dodgeball, and Tim overall has just a lot of experience in just general. He's played Sky Zone, Elite, N C D A, all. He's a regional. He's a regional director for Elite, right? For elite. uh, I think, I think so. Uh, I don't know for sure, Maybe but he was, if, if he there, was at least uh, a year ago. <laughs> um, if there was somebody, I think it would be him. Um, because he knows a lot about dodgeball, and not just any one type rubber foam, you name it. He, I'm pretty sure he's played every form. Um. And when I asked him about how NCDA compares to other leagues, he's like, he said, "Uh, the shot clock does make sense to me for a big court, but he said, burden ball is still probably the easiest to ref and easiest to follow in terms of just playing dodgeball." Sure. Um. Well, here is my question, Ziggy. Uh, going to about the shot clock issue during the Towson VCU game, which also was a great game. Um, yeah. at the Maryland invite. Um, I think I remember it was being, it was two one at one point. I think Towson was up two one. And so VCU was still hanging in there, they were still fighting strong. And I think when Towson finally got the last point, three one. Um one thing I noticed, uh the Maryland players were shot clocking, and I, you know, I was just not sure about this rule, but there was a moment where VCU didn't have any balls on the court. And as soon as they got a ball, they were already at five seconds. So obviously not, not true. it's at zero. It's 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 reset to zero when you have zero balls on the court. Exactly. Unless,
0: unless specifically if you rolled a ball across the court, there's a specific rule for that. Was that the case? No, or no, no. There was, just,
1: there, there was there no ball on the court. They threw and I think um I think they threw and Towson when they threw their ball hit the wall and came back and they had their ball. And or something like that. So Towson was getting together because they still had 15 seconds, and then they threw, and then yeah. also VCU was at five.
0: Yeah. So in that case, open. in that case, VCU should be at zero. It should reset because there's no balls in the court. Okay. Good. And that, that also a... counts for when if the ball is like moves into the uh, you know it's not reachable by a player and like it's it's sitting out there. As a timekeeper, you don't count that ball. As part of the possession,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. potential possession, yeah, and you always just wait till the ball is on court in play, yeah. Um, but the same thing um, then happened in the Stevenson game when Stevenson was playing VCU. I was playing for Stevenson at the time, and we didn't have a ball. And when a ball was finally thrown, I had it, and we were already at seven seconds on a ten count. And I was, I was like, there's no way we should be at seven seconds. We just finally yeah. got a ball. I think that was just Maryland players not realizing the shot clock, but it was one thing I think we should be clarified on. Um, so, okay, that was the big shot clocking issue um, I wanted to go over. Oh, also I wanted to clarify because uh, in case people weren't too sure, if a team when you have five players or less, you have a, you're on a ten count. Uh, you're not officially on the ten count until the next reset of the shot clock. Yes. Um, because when I was shot clocking, I think it was a VCU player. I think he just didn't know or he didn't realize it wasn't reset it or whatever. Uh, but Maryland had six players and I was at five seconds, six, and they were down a player. So then I started counting eight, nine, and I was at still counting up to 15 and he was yelling that there should have been, they should be on a 10 count. I said, no, yeah. not until it resets. <laughs> most of the time, uh,
0: so. I mean, most of the time we know as a, as timekeepers we keep track of that so if we're counting up, you know, we got it we probably got it yeah so i mean I, you could argue it mm-hmm. um if you're, you're within the right to argue it and clarify it but if it happens only once like wait for the next count and see where it is because mm-hmm. it's really only a 10 second difference and if you're really 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 that yeah. 10 seconds
1: it's like yep <laughs> um, most yes. of the time you're at your it's not gonna make that much of a difference you're already up Yeah. Well, I would say typically games if are within three or four players, you know, or sometimes not. But if team is down to the five players, typically you would have eight or nine left. So you're in good condition,
0: Mm -hmm. and that you can sacrifice a maximum of ten seconds. Really, it's going to be like four or five. So it's really not going to be that long. Just if if they if you think of it, wait for the next count and then give them Mm one.
1: Yeah, just, just let, let the rest do their job. Absolutely. <laughs> no, you know,
0: let them, or consider them very competent to start with, and you'll be a lot better off. You'll be happier as a player. Consider them doing their job correctly <laughs> from the start, and then if they're not, then you'll complain. To your captains, the only head captains could, could talk to me. I don't want anybody else talking to me. <laughs> so I'm not looking at you.
1: Only the head. Ca- what about like assistant captains?
0: Assistant captains can
1: <laughs> anybody with
0: a C or A. And sometimes, or, like I don't know, whoever yeah. showed up to the captains' meeting at the beginning of the
1: game. Mm-hmm. So see, I, I, I remember their faces, and then anybody else I tune out. So if they have like an R and a G, any any oh, yeah. letter. <laughs> of course, they would probably be in the in the captains' meeting. Um, so I did not see the end. The last match between Towson and Maryland. Um, but I do know for the VCU Stevenson, uh, a good thing to point out, VCU took a two nothing lead in the first half with seven and a half minutes left. And, uh, I think there was a question is, I know the rule is five minutes or less. You can roll over. It's four minutes. It was four minutes. I thought it was changed to five. No, it it didn't pass. It didn't pass? It didn't pass because the, the teams didn't. You know, maybe they didn't look at the fucking question. Well, <laughs> <that>. <laughs> oh, it didn't well, see, pass. Okay, well, I take back what I said about Mike kindly then, because <laughs> when he was uh, VCU Maryland, there was, uh, I think, like five minutes and 20 seconds or whatever. And he talked to both teams, and he said, well, five minutes is supposed to be the rule. It's five, like 20. And they said, well, we'll just roll it over. Obviously, I doubt the rollover made a difference that much.
0: Yeah, it probably doesn't,
1: but... But it's yeah, that so we should have a line. <laughs> All right. But no, Mike, still did, is four minutes. Mike just still did a great job roughing that game. Um, anyway, uh, so going back to the VCU Stevenson game, it was 2 nothing VCU. There was about 7.5 minutes left in the first half. Uh, there was a question well, is it close enough to 5 minutes to roll over? And it was ruled no, it's not. 7.5 is still plenty of time. You just get on with it. Well, Stevenson ended up winning that point with 20 seconds left in that first half. See, so, Sometimes so it, it happens. And sometimes it does happen. So a good seven solid minutes is how long it took to do that point. So now you're at halftime 2-1 instead of 2-0 with a larger second half. Um, so it went to second half 2-1. I think VCU made it uh, 3-1, and Stevenson then made it 3-2. So you're now looking at three-two with about, I think it was like five and change left or six minutes. I don't I don't remember the exact number, but there was there was still enough time, or there, there might have been 13 minutes actually. I think there was more time. Uh, so there's still plenty of time with a three-two game, and VCU ended up winning. Yeah, because VCU ended up winning it, making it four-two, and then there was still like three minutes left, and then we just played out the other three minutes, and that was yeah. it. So a four two game y'all, it was really at one point two one and three two so that's exciting
0: that's why like then
1: more exciting than if you find out if it was four nothing v c u and it seems you got the last two at the end to make it four two know? yeah,
0: and that's kind of the reason why we don't ever look at the box or don't ever look at the points scored in in mathematical terms <laughs> yes, because it, it it could stuff like that and then like. And even then, like, some teams may not e- – or some officials may not even record it correctly. Like, mm-hmm. maybe there was – the match was called at, like, 4-0, and then they played two other points after that, and one of them was a gladiator point, and the box score was applied to it. And it's really it's really it, – it doesn't really matter, and it, it shouldn't ever really matter that much. But it's interesting to
1: look at, so we should always kind of record the point.
0: Yeah, it's interesting.
1: I, I do agree with you because the same thing can be said in uh, hockey. If you look at a hockey game that's four one, oh, yeah. you're probably thinking a team out four one. Me well those it could have been two empty net goals. It could have been two one and then because yeah. the team down by one pulled a goalie and made it three one, then they tried it again and it's four one. Yeah, so they think they think four one is a blowout or something, but really it wasn't for the empty net goals. So just using a different sport to compare it, but yes. Yeah. Um,
0: that's a perfect perfect explanation. I
1: don't know. That'll that'll do it. it. I am uh, Zygmuss Maloney, and I'm um, here in Chicago, and it's cold. It's still cold. It's cold. It's cold. Uh, I am Mario Romanelli. I'm here in Virginia uh, on this Halloween night. Uh, are, you gonna go and, are you going trick-or-treating there, Ziggy?
0: Um, no. You're you already go? I'm going to sit by my door. Actually, I have bowling. <laughs> I have bowling, so I'm going to do that.
1: Oh, I thought you weren't doing anything the rest of today.
0: I've, yeah, I lied <laughs> right. I forgot about it
1: and uh, this has been Average Joe's Podcast uh, thank you all for listening